Hi, welcome in to the Craig Houston Podcast about money market news as well. We talk about here on this podcast. So in this week, man, it's been a pretty crazy week. We'll get right into my money market news that matters. Um, and I'm actually going to give you a couple of opinionated thoughts that I have too this week in this week's episode. So just um, rock with me and I'm going to get right into it. So what we're going to discuss this week's episode is the market rally this week. It rallied really hard. Um, it was a good week uh, for most of those who's invested in the market. If you're following me, you understand. That I believe in marketing and investing. So let's um, make sure that if you um, are investing, you stick around because I'm going to give you information about what I think is going on with the market and where I see it going forward from here. We're going to also get into what is how Tesla shot to the moon this week. Um, it's been a crazy ride. If you're a Tesla investor, congratulations to those. I salute everyone out there who's making money off Tesla. If it's in your portfolio, stick with the game plan that you already have for yourself. Understand your price points. And if you're actually looking to get in, obviously you want to find an entry point that's going to be on a dip. But we'll talk about those more here later on in the episode. So I also want to talk about today with the 2K stimulus check update, check in with y'all and let y'all know what I know about the 2K stimulus check and what we heard today out of, the, out of Washington, D.C. Uh, we'll get into those things, too. Kind of we're going to also have I have a surprise announcement for you guys today, too. It's going to be a crazy episode. I really want y'all to stick with this episode. It's going to be later on where I'm going to make a, a huge reveal to you guys. And I just want y'all to stick with it and understand that I have a surprise in store for all. So just stick with this episode. And then we're going to talk about other news that matters. So without further ado, let's spin the intro. So we talked about how the market rallied this week in my intro. So let's get right into how the market rallied. It's on all-time highs this week. It's unbelievable, right? So the market, uh, the S&P 500 closed up today at half a percent, pushing it to 3,800, a little bit over. Uh, the Dow Jones, um, it closed up at 0.18%. It's pushing at 3,100. And then you have the NASDAQ that close up another percent today. And that's going to push it to 13,000. So that market, this market rally has been crazy ever since yesterday. And it started kind of trending towards that way in the futures on Tuesday night. Um, so it's kind of been a good run in the market. We had a little ride run up on Wednesday and then it dropped back down with things that took place in Washington on Wednesday. So just be aware that, you know, you got to always be looking for the, the entry points that you want. So make sure that you're timing your entry points. You have your stop uh, orders in, your trailing stops in as well. And just understand that the market is going to give you opportunities to sell and actually get back in. But also, if you're a long-term investor and not a trader, you also want to just make sure that you have your money put in a place where it's good to go. And you can put a limit order or a limit sale in for when you want to do whatever, whether that's buying or selling. So let's talk about things that happened with the market this week, right? Obviously, we had the Georgia senatorial runoff. We'll discuss that a little bit more when we get into the um, 2K stimulus checks. And you know, um, basically, the Democrats won both of those uh, seats down in Georgia in that senatorial runoff. So that's actually going to give the Senate uh, more control to the Democrats now because now they're going to have 50 Republicans, 48 um Democrats and then two independents who lean more towards the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party. So this kind of gives President Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden, the opportunity to go ahead and, and implement bills that he wants to pass. It may even lead to further taxation in the next two years. So we have to see what his economic bill is going to be, and he's going to provide an economic plan next week on Thursday. So stay tuned for that here. We'll probably cover that a little bit more next week in detail when we get that release over that report to see what that bill is actually going to include and what the intent is of the bill. A lot of people believe that it's going to be a big green bill where it's actually going to be somewhat similar to the new deal that FDR released 
um, previously. So we'll see what that looks like and give you a better detail of how that's going to manipulate you in the market and how that's going to play your uh, next investment moves that you're going to make. So some people have already started to transition to moves in the sector right now in, in, in preparation for that bill to come out. So we'll see how that plays out. And we'll get back to you about that. But that'll be one of the upcoming episodes next week. So just stay tuned for that as well. So let's talk about the markets that was impacted by this news of the Georgia senatorial runoff going in favor of the Democrats. You got to look at the energy sectors. They're booming right now. A lot of people are looking at the energy sectors as these going to be ones that's going to be beneficial beneficiaries of the Democratic Party being in control of both parties, of both houses, both the House and the Senate. So we can see how that's going to play out for them as well. The cannabis stocks. A lot of people are talking about how um, cannabis is looking like it may become a federal regulatory event uh, uh, down the line when the Democratic Party takes office. We'll see how that plays out. A lot of people are looking at that right now. Now, make sure that you still understand the fundamentals of what stock that you're going to be playing in if you're deciding to move into the cannabis sector. If you're going to be moving into the cannabis sector, I highly recommend that you understand the play that you're going to have going forward. So it's always better to do your own research. Uh, probably down the line, we'll have a conversation about what cannabis stocks actually looking like. They might be a better play for you to position yourself in now and what better, which ones that you should stay clear of. So actually, matter of fact, do me a favor. Leave me a comment if you actually believe that's something that we should talk about on the podcast where we can actually get into detail about what's going on with your uh, what's going on with the economic environment when it comes to cannabis stocks, what we look like if it gets federally regula- regulated, and how that's going to actually probably let them transition to the New York Stock Exchange where they have more opportunity to grow their business. And we'll see if that's something that we should actually bring up on the podcast immediately. Matter of fact, I know that's something that we should talk about. I just want to get your feedback to understand if that's something that we should discuss here on the pod as we get further down into the episodes. So I think that's something to um, actually dwell into and actually look into. So, But that's one of the sectors that's actually booming currently right now if, you're, if people are invested in that sector. EVs. Man, let's talk about EVs. EVs are running through the roof right now, and they're running off the strength of Tesla. We'll talk about Tesla here in a second, about how you ran up in the last couple of days. Uh, we'll get directly into that, but you got to look at it, man. It's other companies out here now benefiting from in the EV plays, and I know a lot of people are in the highly speculative ones, too, as well, when it comes to uh, Hylion, um, when it comes to Luminaire, uh, Lucid. You know, all of those are being talked about right now, and even Apple now is being uh, actually... Uh, having a little run up based off the base of what's going on with the uh, EV play that they're talking about. They're going to get into the car business when it comes to the EV sector. We'll see how that plays out because that looks like it's going to be down the road a lot. It's not going to be anything that's going to be certain any time of the day. So we'll see how that plays out. A lot of people was already talking about how it's looking like 2024. So I didn't want to bring that up too much here today because I understand that that's way down the line. I don't want you to start thinking about investing in that right now because you already got to believe that. You got to understand that Apple's already a two trillion, uh, two trillion dollar market cap company already. So how much of a move this is going to make for them? It's not going to be too much news that's going to push the the stock any higher than what it is currently. So the right now the play for Apple, if you're invested in Apple, is the uh, 5G, uh, the 5G play with them actually having a, a refresh on all of their phones and everything else. So if you're playing anything with Apple, you should be playing for the 5G play currently at this time. So let's move on to growth stocks. Man, it is a lot of growth stocks out there right now in the market that is booming. Let's go back real quick before I forget. Let's talk about NEO. NEO has been actually 
running and trying to compete with Tesla. And I'm going to get into a little bit more here as well before I get into that. But let's talk about NEO for a second, how it's actually trans it's, it's battery replaced business. It's actually battery as a service business is actually coming alive and it's actually been it's starting to pr provide dividend to um, the shareholders and and a lot of people in China are actually looking at this as a great investment. Uh, a lot of people are interested in this vehicle. And it's actually more on the luxury brand side of EVs. And that's where their uh, niche is. And they're actually you know, carving out their own little space in the sector. So you kind of got to understand, too, that uh, Neos might be a little bit of a competitor here with Tesla going forward when it comes to making cars in China. But we'll see and talk about that later down the road as well because I have a lot more intent to give you more episodes like this where we get down into the devil of the details. So let's get back to talking about growth stocks. Though. So I was saying with growth stocks that it's, it's, it's unbelievable how big growth stocks have ran up in the last year since the pandemic has started. A lot of people transition to the at-home plays or they transition to uh, hyper-growth plays. And a lot of the growth stocks have been those things, such as you got Lemonade out there. You have Open Door out there. These are two uh, what Open Door and Lemonade are SPAC plays. Well, Lemonade was, the, Lemonade was the IPO. Open Door was a SPAC play. And things like this is actually starting to take over the market. So you have to be aware of it. And you see, like I was saying, Tesla is one of the growth stocks too. But now that it's in the S&P 500, it's actually moving the market on a daily basis with uh, interest uh, from uh, retail investors. So you understand what kind of growth play that you're getting into. Um, I'll be doing a series on my growth stocks and what I plan on buying next. We'll get into those things as well. And I want to give you my bullish thesis on those. So we'll be having a conversation about growth stocks too as this podcast develops. So, and then sympathy, sympathy plays in relation to those sectors. Those have been things too that's going on. Like anytime that one of the companies in a major sector goes up, you got to kind of look for what's the sympathy play on that. Like for example, if you were invested in Tesla and you know it's another EV play like Neo, a Hylion, or anything of that sort, those companies usually run up in concert when Tesla's off on a run. So understanding sympathy plays are things that's going on to, to that's attuned with the sectors that you're planning. In. So like if one of the, if the airlines stocks if they have a, a good day usually all the airlines are going to be up together so you got to kind of understand that some of these plays that's been going on this week are sympathy plays in relation to what's going on in their sector and in their market so if the nasdaq is down primarily then the nasdaq usually is going to take a hit all together as a sector because it's all mostly technology companies and that's what we usually see from that so be aware that you know sympathy plays are always going to run up on sympathy plays in relation to a sector so just understand what you're relating your money to and what you're investing in and what kind of stock you're investing in and where's his position in the sector but like I said, man, markets was at an all-time high. I can't believe the kind of week that we had. It's been a run-up on a lot of things, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm pausing, and because I know that eventually there's going to be a decline. I don't know how steep that decline is going to be. You know, it's going to have to be a market correction at some point in time to actually stop this bull market that's running. But this is all in response, mostly to what happened this week down in the Georgia senatorial runoff. So there's an amazing week. We'll see what it leads to next week, and stay tuned for that too. But also, I want to discuss Bitcoin being at all-time highs. This is something that's been talked about a lot around um, a lot of news uh, market area, news media outlets. It's amazing how big Bitcoin ran up in this last couple of weeks and basically had a great year. Let's not even act like it did not have a great year. Uh, you got to remember Bitcoin at some point in time hit $7,000 last year. Matter of fact, let's just pull it up on the screen here. 
So let me get it up and see what we're actually talking about when it comes to the market cap of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's market cap currently sits at $740 billion. It's like right, Tesla, Bitcoin. It's like right behind each other. It's amazing how far Bitcoin has ran in the last year. It's up at $40,282 currently right now. So that's... Um, a lot of people are interested in getting into this. A lot of people are looking to buy. I highly recommend if you can get some, you get some, but you got to buy smartly. Don't buy at these prices right here. If you're if you already late to the party, don't think that you have to jump into the boat. Now, there's a lot of people who are researching and putting out their um, bullish thesis on Bitcoin saying, hey, it's going to 140000 who knows? It may go to one hundred and forty thousand. So if that's what you're that's what you're looking to do is to get in on Bitcoin uh, currently at these prices. I'm not here to tell you not to. I just don't think it's a good investment at this point in time. Um, if it's not saying that Bitcoin is not a great investment down the line, but you just kind of got to understand when are you going to get in and what's your price point for getting in. So don't be speculating on how much you should buy, but understand the, the thesis behind why you're making that business decision to jump into Bitcoin. Now, I do agree. There's a lot of talk out there, too, if you haven't seen it on social media anywhere, especially on YouTube. A lot of content creators are out here talking about how it might be a great idea for Tesla to actually take some of their cash that they got sitting on the sideline in their reserves and put it into Bitcoin so they can have a better um, return on their on their capital versus just letting it sit in the bank somewhere, not gaining no type of interest. Same thing that I preach about on this um, channel every day, uh, especially when it comes to my 2K, uh, my zero to 15K personal journey, uh, 2021 savings challenge. I talk about the same things all the time. So don't feel like it's not something that I'm aware of that a lot of people should be in Bitcoin, but I just don't think you should be in it at these prices. And that's just my opinion. So figure out um, if that's what you want to do and how you want to um, go about it. But make sure that you're buying it at the right prices. So let's talk Tesla going to the moon. This is unbelievable, man. What we've seen with Tesla. Tesla has been up in a straight path directly to $880 and is currently sitting after hours today on Friday at $867 after hours. It was just sitting at $680 some dollars last week. So it's been up 200 points in just over a week. And this is mostly in relation to, like I said earlier, by the Georgia senatorial runoff. And a lot of things have happened with Tesla in the last week, too. So let's get right into those things that happened with Tesla. Tesla provided us with an announcement for their record production and delivery numbers on Sunday, where they basically produced over 500,000 vehicles like they said they would. And they said that they would deliver over 500 vehicles in the same year of 2020 as well. And they barely missed that goal by 450 vehicles. Unbelievable year. So it was already on a run from that alone. And, you know, it's always been something that's been another catalyst for Tesla. But then after that, they decided to, in relation to Neo having Neo Day coming up today, uh, yes, tomorrow in China, but it's already today, actually, that they're having this. And it'll be like 1 o'clock in the morning. But... Tesla also decided to go ahead and release the standard range version of their Model Y in the States. And folks, it's starting at 41K. Man, that's crazy. It's starting at 41K. And basically, after you get your EV um, tax credit, you buying it for $37,000. That has uh, changed the game already because they're using Model 3 parts in a Model Y. So thinking about the margin on how much they're getting uh, more for a better, uh, a bigger vehicle for the same parts that they put in their sedan. That's, um, that's, that's amazing. They're getting these credits already. Then they're getting, um, a higher margin 
on this vehicle and it's still going to wind up you are most likely going to still wind up buying full stuff driving for the vehicle and they're getting it at a bigger margin price for the same parts can't beat that you can't beat that so tesla's killing the game when it comes to that in relation to it but then we also saw that electric um says uh, put out a report today where it possibly is a Probably some truth to Tesla actually having a $25,000 vehicle ready to go to market in China. And this might be coming soon. You might be sitting there at the end of the tw uh, late, 2020, late 2022. So that's incredible, too. Like, let's really just talk about this in this report for a second. I'm going to read you what it says here for a clip. It literally says, it says, the new $25,000 Tesla has been linked to a previously announced plan to launch a new electric car designed and built in China. According to new Gigafactory Shanghai documents submitted to the government, Tesla is planning to add a cheaper third model to be produced at Gigafactory Shanghai as soon as 2022. According to the Tesla Gigafactory construction project document exposed on the internet, Tesla new domestic models will be directly produced in the Shanghai Gigafactory. The positioning and selling price will be lower than its Model 3, and the price of the new car is expected to remain unchanged. So, between... 160,000, 200,000 mass production and delivery may be as early as 2022. The 160,000 won exactly matches $24,755 USD. Come on, folks. $25,000 vehicle. I'm telling you, if this is true in any means of the word, if $25,000 Tesla is on the way, it's going to kill the market because every competitor, every bear has always said that Tesla could never get down to that margin. And if they are able to do that already in Shanghai and go directly to market and compete against every competitor out in China, it's going to change the game because everybody in the States is going to want one. And you got to believe that the $25,000 Tesla is the model for the, for the autonomous driving network. It has to be. So it would be the only thing that would be the right frugal price to actually put onto the uh, autonomous network for them to actually have their own Tesla. They're basically a competitor to Uber. So just believe that that might be something that we might be talking about here in the near term. And it's look like it's right around the corner because it could be 2022. I know we're just getting into 2021. Thank God we're in 2021 right now because 2020 was a mess. But 2021 is right here right now. And we're already talking about a 2025 a $25,000 vehicle in 2022 when there was only talk about this maybe happening in like 2024 at the earliest. And so you may be saying, think about this for a second. You may be saying Cybertruck come, uh, coming this year. You're going to see probably Giga Berlin finish up and start producing vehicles this year. You're going to see Giga Texas probably uh, stand up this year and start producing vehicles, which that's going to lead to the Cybertruck and then another location to run a model wise out of. And then you're going to have the 4680 batteries coming online. It's a lot of catalyst in this year alone that may actually push, I'm going to say it now, going to push Tesla to the $1 trillion market cap this year. I know there was talk about that might have been into 2023 or so, 2022, because we're looking for that consolidation year where it needs time to cool off on another run. But folks, I see a, I see a path to where it's clearly going to be over $1 trillion this year in market cap value. So right now, that's almost a one and a half X up from where we're going to go next. So just understand that this thing could be off the two trillion before we realize. I know I'm telling you a trillion now, but we can also see a pathway could be all the way up to one and a half to two trillion dollars at the end of this year. So stay tuned because there's a lot of catalysts coming and a lot of numbers that they have to meet. Obviously, they have a lot of metrics that they have to hit, too. And we'll talk about those things as this podcast go on. But this is something to really consider that this is something possible 
and it's on the horizon. So let's get into um, my surprise before I get into my next topic, right? So I'm here to announce that if you're watching this at home, thank you because now I'm on YouTube. And to all my listeners that's on podcasts, that's listening to me and following me on social media, I am now stood up officially on YouTube. And I'm going to be producing this episodes on YouTube and still sending it to the feed for podcasts. Now, what does that mean for the show going forward? I still plan on giving you exclusive content on the podcast from time to time, but I'm going to be primarily focusing on the podcast and YouTube together to make it a unity. And obviously, that's going to help me uh, help me bring bring more audience in, bring more listeners in. But I'm still going to be dedicated to the craft and dedicated to the proposition of giving you the best content I can provide. And it's going to be market news that matters. It's going to be based on a lot of other things that goes on, uh, especially because now, like I so told you in the podcast. I'm working on my military transition plan and what that's going to look like. And I do want to share that um, that portion of my life with you as well. And I'm just appreciative to everyone who's been supportive already. And I'm just looking forward to continuing the process and getting my head down in the weeds, man, and grinding as hard as I can for this year and seeing where it takes me into the 2022. So I appreciate everyone who's on support team. I have bigger surprises coming, but this is one of the major things and one of the major stepping stones that I wanted to start with is actually getting comfortable with the camera and getting out here and talking with you guys, man, daily, day in and day out as much as I possibly can. Right now, I'm planning on only shooting weekly um, and producing the podcast maybe once to twice a week um, until I can actually get into a better flow as time permits. And we'll see how it goes, man, because I want to understand what the content is that y'all are looking for, and I want to provide y'all with the best content possible. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, please do me a favor. Follow me on YouTube at the Craig Houston Podcast as well, and leave me a uh, subscribe. Leave me with a comment. Holler at me. Tell me. Hit me with a like if you're already liking this episode. I already have a couple of other uh, episodes on there as well that I've been holding back that I want to release at the release of this podcast too. So please feel free to follow me on, on both uh, channels now, on either on the podcast on the podcast streaming service that you're listening to or also on YouTube. You can follow me there and I appreciate it. But let's get right back to the show. So let's talk about the 2K stimulus checks, right? So with the 2K stimulus checks, what we talked about then was is how President Joe, President-elect Joe Biden went down to Georgia prior to the senatorial runoff and he promised um, on national TV if the Democrats were to win the senatorial runoff that he can pretty much guarantee that the $2,000 stimulus checks are going to be on the way. So what we had was that the Democrats did win uh, their, their runoffs. So then you had uh, Senator Chuck Schumer come on TV because now he's going to be the new majority leader. He's going to move Mitch McConnell out of the way as the majority leader. And Mitch McConnell is going to now become the minor, minority uh, leader of the Senate. And which is a which is a reverse. So when the previous week before this the senatorial runoff, Mitch McConnell added a lot of things to the bill that he wanted to get passed for people to say they wanted to have those two thousand two thousand dollars stimulus checks. Now none of that went nowhere. He had a block on bringing it to the floor as a, as a single vote. But now Senator Chuck Schumer saying the first order of business once they get their new Democrats under oath and sitting in the Senate that the first order of business is to put those two thousand dollars stimulus checks on the docket for voting. This is important because obviously we still have people who are hurting during the pandemic. And I want to make sure that I, 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 capture, I capture that in this conversation that 
it is very important. I think the six hundred dollars stimulus checks was a was a good start, but it was it wasn't the entry point that we needed. We got to remember we went from having twelve hundred dollars stimulus checks the previous time before, and now we're dropping it to half to six hundred. And I, I'm I'm appreciative to hear that a lot of people are considering now the two thousand dollars stimulus checks. Now, is it a political ploy? We can get into that. That's a whole different matter for a different day. But what I do understand is that people need the money to actually keep the lights on. That's what's really important here. So I think this is a good step in the right direction to helping the economy grow and not to heal because only way we're going to heal is one, the vaccinations work, that two, that we eradicate this uh, virus altogether. And three, that we actually started our economic recovery. We're seeing it in the market that it's an economic recovery. But when you travel around your your local areas and you still hear in cities having um, incremental shutdowns or things of that nature to eradicate the virus, we're still dealing with it. So since we're still dealing with it, we still have to stay in, in tune with what's going on. But like, like I said, the $2,000 stimulus checks is a good start. We'll see where it goes. Now, my only question, which we're still waiting to get... Um, Clear, uh, clarity on is what that $2,000 stimulus check is going to look like. Here's what I mean, right? So there's already the $600 is already out there. Now, initially, uh, President-elect Joe Biden said that he would be willing to do $1,200 stimulus checks, right? When he came into office. But now he's pushed that to, hey, I guarantee we can get that. We can get the $2,000 stimulus checks. He held that in his back pocket to the very last second. And now he promised that. So what does that look like? So we already had the $600. Um, then you have to look at it as, well, they only need $1,400 per person to make that a, a, a even to 2000 And that may be the more likelihood of the situation that it may go into. And if it goes into that, then that's fine. You would go, you will, what you will see is it will be an amendment of the bill where you will eventually get um, another $1,400 if you've received the $600. Now, the other alternative is that uh, Senator Schumer brings to the floor a whole new bill where it's exclusively $2,000 per person, again, for every taxpayer that they are going to pay. And that's something that would be a very interesting conversation if we see. I don't think a lot. I don't think that one's going to happen. I think it's going to be a, um, a little pushback on that one. But now if it does happen, because anything is possible, and I'm not here to say what they're going to do because I'm interested just as much as you are in a situation, is that if that goes down, then that would be significant to the economy right now. So there's a lot of things that a lot of people say where, hey, you know, if we get to this $2,000 um, stimulus bill, then we're really talking about some of interest. Well, think about what you can do with that $2,000, right? So we'll get into those things in another episode. I just want to make sure that you understand that it's a lot of things that can still happen in between these $2,000. So we'll see how that goes in the next couple of weeks here or so uh, after the inauguration. We'll probably revisit this. We'll probably get more updates on it, and I'll probably still collect all those updates bring it to you um, as they as they're as they become relevant and then when actually we get into really talking about this being on the senate floor uh after they pass the house of representatives i'll give you a better detailed information on it and give my opinionated thoughts on it so let's just um talk about what's next on the agenda today so let's get into how i think that you should understand that we one of part of the things that i'm being getting into lately is talking to you about how we need to eradicate debt from our lives so we can live our lives in a uh, financially wealthy manner uh, where we can be very intentional with our money. And what do you mean? What do I mean by being intentional with our money? So I was listening to um, one of the podcasts that I listen to and follow. Um, and today on one of that podcasts, they had a caller call in and they was discussing how, you know, they needed a pay raise, but they didn't have any debt. 
and they actually was not being uh they actually couldn't understand why they always woke up at the end of the week not having no money now this is very interesting right i think that it's very interesting that someone does not have debt at all and then um they're they're not being intentional with their money and being intentional with their money is basically hey you know you might not make a lot but you can make enough to where you can actually do what you need to to actually pay the bills that you need but then also take care of yourself and actually start a savings right so if you don't have an emergency fund i've had these conversations on the podcast i won't get directly into them and beat them down to death like i have before so if you want to that information Please follow me on the Craig Houston Podcast on your favorite streaming service. And I may turn that into a stream service uh, video for you to use here. But I don't really like doing those. So I might just leave that directly exclusively to the podcast. So if you want to follow that, I have a Getting Out of Debt series and How to Start an Emergency Fund. It's one of the first times I talked about in the Getting Out of Debt series. And that's still growing. So if you want to follow that, follow that on the podcast. Listen to that. Um, it's actually going to be, I'll link that down in the show notes too, where you can find, follow that episode at. But that's the things that I'm, I'm, I'm here to say is that, yo, you have to start an emergency fund and you have to start somewhere. You can't just always be like, Hey, I need to get a pay raise. You have to be intentional with your money because even if you get a pay raise, you're still not going to be able to do what you need with that money because you're still going to waste it because you're not knowing where every dollar, every cent is going. Now, is there things that you may buy on a recurring service that you might need to cancel? Yes, there might be. If you're not using something, it's easy to forget that you're not using it and then you're paying for it and you're not utilizing that service. So it's being wasteful. So you have to be very intentional with your money. And I think that's very important to say. Now, let's get into if you actually needed to get uh, a pay raise. How do you go about that? Sometimes your your employer is not going to be able to give you a pay raise. Not based either either one is based on the performance that you're providing, or two is not that they have a position that's available to actually grow that position, or three they're just capped at giving um, bonuses out or any way of a pay raise out for that employer that you're actually working for at that current time. There's alternatives to this though. You have alternatives. If you own a vehicle, you can start a, your own uh, contractor service with Uber or Lyft, or you can work for Postmates, Grubhub, any of those things, or you can deliver pieces. I, I deliver pieces for a while. It's not anything that you don't that you can't do that you don't want to do, or you just find you another part-time job. You just have to be intent on doing it. So having another W-2 on top of another W-2, stacking W-2s is what we call it, um, that's a grind. That's a hustle. That's a way to get a, 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 a a immediate pay raise. So think about how you can actually reward yourself with um, with the time and influence of just putting in the work and understanding what you're doing. But it still comes back to what I was saying before is how to be intentional with your money. So if you're not intentional with it, anything I just talked about is going to be irrelevant. So give yourself the opportunity to grow and give yourself the opportunity to understand what it is that you're getting into and how to help yourself better develop better spending habits and how to be better at saving and then how to actually figure out if you can't get a, in a raise at the employment that you have, that's not your only alternative. You have other alternatives out there, which is Basically, find another job. But I understand right now that the economy is in a situation where they're not employing a lot of people. The jobs numbers keep coming in. And it seems like while we was on a down slope, we went on an up, up curve already, right? So I get that. So you have to understand that maybe it's time for you to start your own business. Maybe it's time for you to actually figure out how to build your own self-employment while doing, like what I was suggesting earlier, like an Uber or Lyft being your own self-contractor. 
Hell, sell t-shirts. You can do anything that you choose to put your mind to, but you have to understand what it is that you're looking forward to. So if you don't know, if you don't know where you're going, no one else can help you get there. So you have to be intentional with the thoughts that you have, whether that's either one, increasing your wages, two, being uh, vigilant with your money, or three, finding a better way to increase your worth. All right. So let's talk about um, things that I saw in the news that may be important of you. So be on the lookout for the possibility of after President-elect Biden gets into office of actually waiving $10,000 off your, just canceling $10,000 in student loan debt right off the table. That could be something that could be talked about. We'll get into that a little bit more and tell you how important that is when we actually see if that's really going to be under consideration. I think that's just something that's, um, that's, that, that went underneath headlines when we were talking about things today, especially when it came down to the 2K stimulus checks. That's a, that's a major focus right now, but this $10,000 uh, federal student loan debt could be something that's very tremendous if we see a lot of people get that counseled and putting them in the right direction to, to get out their financials so they finances in, in order. Can't be today for some odd reason don't know english all of a sudden so let's talk why i saw an article today that i brought that I brought my attention to uh they're suggesting that you get a, a 30 instead of having a 30-year fixed rate mortgage getting a 15-year rate mortgage now in certain cases this may be the best idea to do is to switch from a 30-year fixed mortgage to a 15-year fixed mortgage now i'm gonna i'm gonna explain to you why i think being active duty in the military and getting a VA loan and having that ability to use it is more beneficial to have a 30-year fixed mortgage versus a 15-year. And here's why. See, when you get your VA loan, you're, you really don't have to put no money down. That is the, the thing that we talk about when it comes to the VA loan. But we don't also talk about how to house hack. I'm not going to get directly into house hacking in this episode, but I want to just give a little bit of a background on where you should only understand that a 30-year fix is probably the best way to go if you're going to use your VA mortgage and your active duty. So for those who don't know who's watching this episode or listening to it, it's that um, a v active duty military, when they use their VA loan, they have to put no money down. They don't have to put in earnest money. And they put in earnest money for a bid on the house to make sure the buyer understands that they're, what well, a the seller understands that they're really truly uh, actually serious about buying this home. And then all they have to do is pay for their home inspection and they have to pay for their appraisal. Now, what happens is that you get this loan approved and you do have to pay the, um, you do have to pay the, the fee, the, the VA funding fee, which is usually about 2.5%, maybe a little bit more than that. I had to look that up to give you better detail on it, but it's not more than 3%. So, But you pay the VA funding fee, um, and then with that, what happens is you actually get the mortgage, right? Once the mortgage is approved in your name, you get a 30-year fix. That's what you should go with, a 30-year fix. Here's the reason why. Uh, active duty service member gets basic allowance for housing, right? Um, based on your situation and based on your family, you either get single or you'll get dependent. Um, and with that, you get basic allowance for housing. So basically, the government is going to pay for you to live somewhere out in town. Now, let's say that mortgage is $1,600 and you get $1,900. So you have a $300 buffer on your on your BAH that you're actually keeping into your check. But then at the same time, your mortgage is being paid for by the government. 30-year fix, if you're doing 20 years in the military, you can do the math. You're still not, you're, you're not paying it because here's the thing with the, with the BAH. Well, let's say uh, everybody always say, hey, what have my mortgage going? Your mortgage don't go up. You can always refinance your mortgage, but you're locked into a 30-year fix unless you have um, unless you have one of those balloon rates where it inflates over time, adjustable rate mortgage. You don't want that. 
But if you only have the fixed year, uh, the fixed, the thirty year fixed, it's never going to go up. You're going to pay the same mortgage every year, over and over. Only thing that would change is in the military is that either your BH will go up, and if it goes up, you get the increase. If it goes down, you stay at the current rate that you have. So say you was getting nineteen hundred. And then it went down to 1850. You're locked into the 1900 because they call it grandfathering. So you're into the 1900. So no matter what, you're still going to get the 1900. No matter what happens with the BH. Now, if it goes up to 2100, you get the $200 difference. It starts there immediately. You'll get the $200 difference. So then you can be paying a $1,600 mortgage and you're getting $2,100 instead of 1900 Now your $300 has turned into a $500 buffer in your check. So... This is one reason why you should go with a 30-year fix because the government is going to pay it. Now, if you can get a 15-year fix, obviously the math actually works out to where the government would pay off that mortgage before you actually got the military if you did a 20-year uh, career. But let's talk about it as with the other reason why I say this. A lot of service members never have the luxury of being in the same place more than once, right? So a lot of service members always have the PCS, which is a transfer. Um, when they transfer... What happens is, is that they have to move to a different location. But if you have a VA, and one of the one of the myths about the VA is that you can only have one VA certificate on a home at a time. That is untrue. You can actually keep the home that you actually have, rent it out, and have someone that's paying that mortgage where you PCS to a different location, and you ask them to get another loan in your name through the VA. And so now you have two homes underneath the VA mortgage, and you have a renter paying one, and you're paying the other one through your BAH that the military is going to give you. So now you have one that's still giving you is an investment property now, and you have another one that you're living in. So this is why I said the 30-year fix is more likely the, the best intent for what you have because no matter what, you're keeping the cost low on your mortgage, and the government is going to pay it for you. But at the same time, you're able to move on to another property, live in that property, and have somebody else pay the mortgage for that one. Now, we can get into house hacking, and that's something that invests a lot of people that we could talk about. We can get into all those things. I'm a learner just like y'all a learner, and I'm trying to provide y'all uh, information that I think is out there that a lot of people don't take advantage of. Now, to me, I think this is important, and I hope that you understand it. This has been an um, a episode where I just wanted to give you a lot of information, help you get, get digested. I hope you understand that I'm out here for the masses and give you great knowledge. It's, it's a pleasure to be out here and assisting y'all in y'all lives and bringing y'all money market news that matters. Um, like I was saying before, please follow me on YouTube if you're listening to this on the podcast. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, please follow me on my streaming service. My streaming service will be down in the show notes um, for it. It's on, beyond, it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. It's on all those services. So um, I will be running this podcast for those who like to follow the pod all the time, right? It's going to be usually every week, like I said before, or it's going to be on a two-week, two day, two days a week basis, and we'll see how it goes. I just really want y'all to give me comments and feedback. What I really do need from y'all right now, though, before we get out of here, is a like if you love this episode, and it also comments down in the comment section if you're feeling what I was putting out today or you have questions or concerns about anything that I put out. And we can get into the comments and I'll respond to those as well. So I appreciate y'all, man. I love y'all, and I hope to see y'all again. Peace.